Hello and welcome to Sounds About White. Yes, welcome back to Sounds About White. I am one of your hosts. I am, you know, I'm going to let Maria introduce herself first. Okay. So my name is Maria. This is our 10th episode of Sounds About White. We appreciate, yeah, we appreciate folks who have been listening and those who are new to the show. Feel free to go back and listen to our other nine episodes. Um, Today is February 26th, um, 2022, and uh, this past week, uh, Russia decided to go to war with Ukraine, and so here with me on the show is a special guest. Please don't come after me, Russia, but there was a white woman on, what was it, Instagram? I don't know. White woman on somebody's internet, Al Gore's internet, (laughs) and she had like a sympathetic video directed towards Putin. So I am Putin's white mother on the internet who wanted to let Putin know that if I were your mother, I would have loved you and you wouldn't have done something like this. If I had just raised you, I would have hugged you every night it was the most white. Now, I don't even know. I don't think I got more than 10 seconds into the video. I had seen enough. I'm certain she didn't say anything better in yeah, that video. The same shit. So I, I'm Putin's mama. Yeah. Like, I guess yeah. she wasn't his mother. I'm Putin's aspirational mother because that's what yeah. she wanted to be. She wanted to be his mother so yeah. she could have saved the world. And yeah. look, I'm just going to say it. It needs to be said. White people don't raise y'all kids. Okay. Yeah. You don't. Your kids be running around the stores. There's, I don't, have you ever watched Kim's Convenience on yes. Netflix? Yeah. So you're, is it, God, I don't know, ever know. The names, white kid? But the, the daughter's teacher's son. Yes. And he goes into her store and he's knocking everything off of the shelves. And she's like, and she like, doesn't say the word no. Yeah. And she's, yeah. And she's like excusing his behavior. And it's like, yeah, that's. That is, that's a white parenting 101. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yes. I saw that episode and it was very representative of how a lot of white parents um, operate with like no boundaries or limitations and um, a sense of entitlement. Um, And I am going to put, I'm going to put my, um, mother's school community on blast at this moment (laughs) um she works at a predominantly white uh catholic school in the dc area and the mask mandate went down in maryland yep and dc and so um this was the first week uh where kids didn't have to come to school and and wear their masks so she teaches four-year-olds and a lot of the parents informed my mother that they were letting their four-year-old child decide. But it's a it's four-year-old. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. This is exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so most of the kids didn't wear them. Um, and those that did took them off because their friends weren't wearing them. And some of them had colds um, mm-hmm. with their nose running and... Um, yeah, just the, the, the sense of entitlement that the four-year-old should get to just 
do what feels best for them, which I'm all for children having choice, but the choice should be like, do you want green socks or blue socks today? Or like, do you want apples or pears? Yes. Yes. Um, there's not, a way, there's yeah, a way to do it. There's a way to do it. That's not enabling entitlement. Right. And so like, I just wanted to be clear. I'm not saying that we should depend on black women for anything except for just existing and gracing ourselves with their presence. Mm-hmm. But a white mama ain't going to save Putin. A white mama wouldn't have saved Putin. Mm, just wouldn't have. Yeah. From my expertise and knowledge, it definitely, if anything, would have been a black mother. If yeah. Anything. Um, but it's not her job. It's not yeah. her job. It's not any woman of color's job responsibility mm-hmm. to be anybody's mammy. Yeah. Mm, we're not going to do that. It's yeah. not, we're not here for you. Yep. So sorry. Sucks to suck. It's yep. not anyone's job but your own to fix. Yeah, it is. Again, it is a white crisis. Um, and I was listening to um, another therapist who works. Um, she's a black therapist that works with um, pregnant people. And she had she did a training recently in the therapy liberates. Um, but she she had an image of a black mom. And this was um, from during times of enslavement, a black mom like breastfeeding a white kid I think Mm, or mm, taking care mm. of a white kid and then her own black child like kind of there near her but like you know having to not put her own kids first and that's bullshit it's a huge amount of bullshit and was I should have said trigger warning I'll go back and say trigger warning um but the fact that like that white kid right had two mothers in a sense and yet um still still was right. doing shit still was doing right. a mm-hmm. lot of mm-hmm. white nonsense. still still grew up to be a piece of shit yeah who was probably who was racist like it just is what it is grew up to be a racist piece of shit who did horrible things yeah yeah so putin um yeah i like everything that was said um we will post the video of the white woman um, because it is just really like, it's just so cringy, um, and so offbeat with what's happening right now. Um, and it does, is it, is it, do you think it has anything to do with white saviorism? Would you put that even though Putin's white? Like mm, this idea, I wouldn't call it white saviorism, but it's like this idea that mm, it's that hate can't drive out hate only love can do that it's that type of logic that's that's what i'm seeing here yeah and not not a not a love that's accountable like holding people accountable and a Mm -hmm. love that's like truthful Mm -hmm. and honest and sets boundaries and limitations and consequences right which is all the things that white parents um a lot of times like what's the free range kids like just let their children walk all over like teachers and um, and like excuse their behaviors and mm-hmm. well are you sure my my johnny did that and it's like yeah girl yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> i was there i watched well did you ask them mm, i didn't need to i was yeah. there yeah and the lack of trusting in that case right it was kim convenience was a korean canadian uh young woman that was and her family store that was being destroyed by this right. young little 
little white kid. Right. So many excuses being made for that child. So many excuses being made for Putin. Yeah. And and it's it's like and it's silly because like this is a grown ass man. Um, yeah. The ship has sailed. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I that I talk about with my mom is that like, and this isn't is no way to discredit people who have been exposed to any level amount of trauma your trauma is valid and you know that is your experience and i'm and obvious and so is you know your trauma response to a certain extent and still starts hurting people yeah um but as part of being a mature adult is recognizing your responsibility and your healing yeah especially if you have access to privilege and resources. Mm -hmm. So I understand that there are people, especially in this country who don't have access to medical care. They don't have, they live in a food desert. They don't have access to therapy, not denying any of that, Mm -hmm. but we're looking at people who do have access to those things. Yeah. So as a mature adult with access to resources, you may or may not have been exposed to certain trauma Mm -hmm. repeatedly over and over again, but now you're an adult. And part of being an adult is taking responsibility so that you do not bring further harm to people. Yeah. And again, disclaimer, I understand that, especially living in this country, people don't have access to those things. I am not denying that that is also a barrier towards people getting help and getting healthy and not Mm -hmm. continuing cycles of trauma. But if you do have access to those things, especially as little Putin over there Mm -hmm. certainly does, doesn't matter what your mama did or didn't do. You a grown ass man. Take care of yourself and leave, leave bitches alone. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's a lot of excusing behaviors. And also, I don't know if you've seen, but like, there's a lot of, right-wing white people in the United States that are like cheering for Putin and like really excited and um in a just a very like interesting turn of events that like where did the U.S. patriotism go Mm -hmm. um so then again it, it comes down to like allegiance to white supremacy versus allegiance even to like this so-called you know United States and it just doesn't make any sense to me, but you know, I just live here. Yeah. What do we know? Um, yeah. And then there's a whole other discussion taking place online. Um, again, as just want to preface, like most things I say, like a black person said it first, you heard it here second. Um, but there's this whole discussion of like, you know, obviously people are really struggling and suffering in Ukraine. Um, and there's Russian people that are protesting in addition to Ukrainian people. And, but the way that like white trauma and war and suffering gets amplified and it's mm. kind of like this sense of like, oh my gosh, like, look what they're going through. They're like a civilized, like white European city. And like, you know, this is in Afghanistan or Iraq. And it's just very telling of like, who in white people's eyes, and I've even given heightened attention to like the Ukraine um, situation right now, but who gets, who gets amplified and centered in their suffering and who gets side, who gets right. It's like nobody actually deserves this and you should have cared when it happened to other people too. And honestly, I feel like that's a recurring issue of, you know, it happened to this group for so long and no one cared and it didn't, you didn't care until it happened to a, a 
a group in the majority and non-marginalized group mm-hmm. uh, to whatever degree, you know, and that's just frustrating. Yeah. It's just, it's so draining. It's like, we, we were saying this, we've said this, and now that you are inconvenienced, you all of the sudden care. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Um, and yeah, just also like what I think back to the woman's video, like, do you really think you are like, what did you think you were doing when you posted this video? Was Putin going to see it and have a change of heart? Or like, do you felt like you were actually doing something um, with this spoken word or like letter or whatever? Um, it just, it didn't give the energy you thought it was going to give. Man. Yeah. It, did, it yeah. did not. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's, I think something, some of the big things that have been happening over the past, uh, past week or so. Um, and who's included in whiteness, uh, is another thing I've been thinking about a lot lately with uh, Whoopi Goldberg's comments a couple weeks ago being like, like Whoopi Goldberg was blasted. And I'm sure there's like, there's tons of, of white, racist, anti-Semitic folks that have said shit way worse than what Whoopi Goldberg said. But like the way that she got blasted for it um, and the way that like white Christian, you know, Anglo folks are not, not, blasted in the same way and they're they're just excused so much for not knowing and saying things wrong mm-hmm. and it was, hers happened with the swiftness it was just like yeah no you're not working here no more or yeah they didn't they didn't fire her but it's like you suspended yeah. immediately no questions asked yeah 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 so um and i think you know it is important to note that like white people because they're you know there are Jewish people who are of the global majority who are people of color who are like literally black or indigenous or, or from different like racial groups. Um, but like there are quite a few Jewish people who are in fact, you know, now considered white who have assimilated or can pass as white. Um, and I don't know that, that I feel like there's a lot to unpack with that particular topic. Yeah, I honestly, I can't, I can't necessarily speak on that from an educated standpoint. But one problem I have is that when people do say things that are interpreted to be anti-Semitic, the response is kind of like, it was anti-Semitic. And even if you don't understand it, this is what it is and you should get it. And one part that I don't realize is that when white people, when black people say that and they give that response, it was racist. You should know it was racist. I'm tired of explaining it to you. Yeah. You get such a large response as you should educate me. I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Someone says some, say something anti-Semitic and there's no amount of education and not saying that, you know, they are edu- obligated to educate you. But it's like, I'll look and I'm like, I don't understand why. I don't, and this isn't me with Whoopi. I understand that. Yeah. But there's been sometimes when I'm like, I don't understand. And I'm not saying that it, that they are wrong in saying mm-hmm. that it's anti-Semitic. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I'm saying I'm trying to understand so that I don't make the same mistake. So I don't say something like this. Mm-hmm. And in trying to look, I can't find the answer. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's frustrating because then you look at it for black people and it's like, we say that's racist or um, they say that's racist 
And they say we're tired we're tired of explaining it to you and there's just there's just this burden being placed upon black people that you have to explain yeah. why that is racist. It is your job. Yeah. And then you have this huge group of people who are going to argue with you about whether or not it's racist, mm-hmm. whether or not that person meant it. Yeah. This, that, and the third just does not exist. Um, yeah. Or it doesn't appear to exist for me yeah. um, when it happens to a Jewish person. Yeah. Not saying it, that it should happen to them. Yeah. But it's it's difficult from my perspective trying to not be problematic and trying to look into it. And I can't even find something online that's going to tell me what, why what they said was wrong. It's like, I'm not even depending on you to tell me. I just want to know. Yeah. Somebody say something, right? It could be... Right. It could be, and and that's where I call on, like, as a, you know, white person who's Christian and, like, right, like, this is where whiteness has layers and has ways that, like, those of us who have the most privilege within the scope of whiteness need to be doing a better job of making sure that we're learning and understanding that history and white Jewish people don't have to be explaining it. White Christian people could learn the history of anti-Semitism, you know, worldwide and, and figuring that out. And like we talked about last week, also, in addition, centering the voices of, you know, occupied Palestinians and um, people who have been on the receiving end of oppression. Right. Um, you know, I think the moral of the story is that what we say often is that there's levels to this shit when it comes to privilege. We know mm-hmm. it's multifaceted. Yeah. Um, and just because I might point out your privilege in one capacity does not mean that I'm saying you are 100% privileged. Mm-hmm. And denying that there are things in which you have struggled in. Yeah. Um, but. It gets really difficult and sticky when you try to call people out for things like that because there's there's always that desire to kind of defend the struggle in which you and your people may or may not have encountered. Yeah. And also, like you mentioned last week, like anti-Black racism and anti-Blackness is global. It's global. And so, you know, even as we're talking about different marginalized groups, um, you know, folks who are white or folks who are non-black people of color, like there's always a presence of anti-blackness. And um, it, it just seems like that has to be the thing that's centered um, always because black people are, have been made most vulnerable, most exploited. Um, Which is one thing you'll hear black people say sometimes, you know, it's kind of when we're talking about lifting up other groups is that why am I working to lift up other groups when these other groups don't give a shit about me? Yeah. And I definitely hear that um, as as someone who's former alter ego um, and current white person, Emma Nelson, has a pretty diverse set of friends. I can recognize that, yes, anti-blackness is a global disease, but my friends who are not black and are also not anti-black and are not racist deserve to be supported. Um, yeah. And I understand that my friends are not, not, you know, like unicorns. There are other people, like everyone deserves um, an equitable experience. Mm-hmm. And, 
Yeah, I'm I'm not the love can only drive out love type of person, but I understand that every it is a global disease, but like mm-hmm. everyone does not fall victim to that disease. Yeah. And so from that and I'm I guess I I'd say that I'm lucky that I am able to know people who are who do not fit that description mm-hmm. so I can understand why it is important to be united with people of other groups. You know, of course stronger together than we are apart, um but you know, you will hear that. And I think that's kind of a valid concern. All these groups mm-hmm. don't, give a, don't give a fuck about me. Why would I care about them? And yeah. it's, it's not even just like, why would I care about them? You know, you'll have a lot of the, well, it's like you do things to support other groups. So those other groups do not show up when it's your turn. Yeah. And yeah. that's kind of a problem. Although as of in the last couple of years, I feel like being pro-black became popular. So <laughs> everyone's at least uh, pretending to be Black Lives Matter and posting that black square on their page. Yeah. Um, I was friends with this girl from my high school who absolutely voted for Trump in 2016. And um, I'm not forgiving you for that. Um, yeah. He was racist in 2016. He's yeah. so racist now. Um, yeah. And if you didn't know it in 2016, then you were racist too. Yeah. Um, but she absolutely posted a black square on her Facebook page, on her Instagram. And... She may have, she she probably didn't say Black Lives Matter, but she definitely posted a black square. And I'm like, I mean, girl, we went to school together. So you've grown up with me. You've grown up around other, um, you grew up with my alter ego Mm -hmm. and you grew up around other black people. So like you, you really had no excuse, but you still went and you voted for that man. And now you're trying to act like you're all woke now because it's cool to post a black square on your Instagram page, but you ain't really about it. And even if you are about it, which I don't believe that you're about it, um, I'm still not forgiving you for 2016. Yeah. And, and that's something, um, I've had a conversation with some of my siblings about, um, some of our extended family members, Um, who voted for Trump and the way that like it doesn't matter how nice you are to my you know spouse from El Salvador or his family members who are undocumented though you probably didn't even know they were undocumented you were talking shit about undocumented people um, or about like my you know gay brother and his his now husband like you voted against you could be as nice as you want you can be as Ray Ray, like as supportive as you want, but you voted against the rights of right. those folks. So. And there was, and there was nothing that should have overcome the need for, for human rights. No, no. A lot of money in your pockets, which you didn't get because you're too broke to that have benefited you. Yeah. Nothing should have overcome that decision for you it was a human rights issue and you didn't care yeah i had a similar uh, conversation with one of my with one of my brothers about his girlfriend's family or his current wife's family because mm-hmm. i as you know he used to say that you know her family's really nice but they absolutely voted for trump and i said i don't care how nice they are to you um yeah. that does not make a difference they are still racist and they were they yeah were <laughs> that's usually the case and i think what he said was well, you know, they they just did it because they're religious. Yeah. Sorry, and, I was thirsty. Um, but it is their excuse yeah. was they were religious and anti-abortion, and it's like okay, but I mean, <laughs> I and could go on for I could go for, on for a very long time about how being religious shouldn't be synonymous with being anti-abortion, and actually being anti-abortion is really anti-religious. But that's that's 
a whole different subject. Yeah. But it's like, that's still not, that's not an excuse. That's not a reason. They voted no. against you. I don't give a shit. They yeah. are absolutely racist. Yeah. Um, they absolutely don't like your black ass. Mm-hmm. And just because they're nice to you doesn't mean that they are respectful or they obviously don't care about other black people. And like, mm-hmm. also like as a person who is typical, who has, you know, been the, the passable, um, the acceptable black person in the room, you know, in my former past life, mm-hmm. it's just like, I understand that white people will, they will lift you up, be your friend, smile in your face, mm-hmm. but at the same time, turn around and turn their nose up at a girl named Keisha. Yeah. You know, yep. it's like, yeah, I've got a nice, a nice name for, you know, a white name mm-hmm. that you guys find, find easy to pronounce and easy to spell. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I am fluent in white culture. I'm fluent in, in the, the ways that you people communicate. Yeah. And so as a result, I'm able to be palatable to you and your experience. Mm-hmm. So I, so me and perhaps my brother are able to, you're nice to me. You know, yeah. you weren't sure, but you know what? I'm one of the nice ones. Yeah. But, you know, they still went and they voted for Trump because they didn't care about the ones who they didn't consider to be nice. And just because people, just because someone's name is different, something you may not be familiar with, just because they act a certain way just because they have a certain life experience, whatever it is, does not mean that they are not worthy of human rights and being considered. And that is one thing that like racist white people obviously don't get give a shit about. Yeah. And I think, so I grew up, you know, Catholic going to the pro-life march, like all up in there. And yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually went my first, yeah, first year in college. Um, did you? I did. Yeah. And, yeah. And, um, I did. So again, not like not supporting, but the group at SLU actually was actively fundraising to financially support students who had children or were pregnant. Um, and so I appreciated like, as opposed to being anti-abortion, it, the focus was on supporting, like the thing that a lot of times is missing from like where yeah, so it's like we don't want you to get an abortion, but we also do. You should take care of your kids. You yeah. have to kid yourself. Yeah, we support no social supports to make this a sustainable thing. I remember yeah. once getting in an argument with the white man whose name I will give. His name was Matt Bonarudin. Um, <laughs> and he definitely told me that I was sinning because I was on birth control. Because I was wow. preventing a baby from happening. Wow. He's living his best wife, white life in Wisconsin, to my knowledge. Uh, yeah, it was pretty terrible. Yeah. And just the entitlement. That goes back to the first thing we talked about. Like, who gave you the right to speak a man, on a man first yeah. of all yeah telling me that it's like yeah and you would and, and yeah so again um yeah. Mm. yeah interesting history that you have had maria this adds <laughs> this, this gives so much context yeah so um but i was gonna say so because i was part of that and then i was part of amnesty international so i was like in and then everyone at amnesty international was obviously like you know very like liberal progressive, like very much like, 
you know, pro-abortion, pro, you know, women healthcare, reproductive rights, all these things. So I was like in both groups my first year at SLU. And I was the only person that was like in both groups. And so we did an event on like ending the death penalty. And so it was like, again, like, okay, if we're actually about this, we're not just talking about this one thing. We're talking about like, we actually give a shit about people. Mm-hmm. And and so that's the part that like the human rights thing that you're saying, I, I cannot understand, right, as someone who's raised Catholic and anti-abortion is in my bloodline. Um, that, di- that doesn't align for me because Donald Trump was very much against human rights, against human dignity, and... He, he made fun of people with disabilities, which was another area of like, I went to a high school and made some connections with women at my school who had Down syndrome and other developmental disabilities. And um, that was another piece of their parents saying, you know, instead of us saying you have some defect, like we're going to continue to have you. Anyways, you so it didn't add up. I actually can't. I can't do, yeah, 2016 or 2020, anyone saying that it was because of anti-abortion because there's just no way in hell. Um, Right. It absolutely had to do with white supremacy and racism um, and feeling very comfortable supporting someone who said the things that perhaps overtly racist. I think we've discussed this, that there are levels to being racist. Yeah, you know, and, and you have people who, I mean, you have the levels of, of white people who are just like adamantly, I don't like people of color of various um, degrees. I mm-hmm. don't like people from Asia. I don't like people from South Latin America. They usually are just, they usually just lump them together as, as Mexicans, you know, mm-hmm. how they go laziness. But either way, you have people who are admittedly, I don't like people of this category. I just yeah. don't. And they yeah. give the excuse. But you also have people who will not say that. They know not to say that. Yeah. But they will do things. So they will cross the street. They will not go to certain areas. Yeah. They will say things that are are like, you know, I just don't understand why they do that. They will only watch white content and think nothing of it. And then you have the people who um are just simply not exposed and, and they're ambivalent. So you have the people who will say absolutely nothing and mm-hmm. they don't, they, they may not say racist things or even like borderline racist things, but they're, they're in the middle and they're comfortable in the middle. Then you have people who are nice, yeah. friendly people who will, will say that I just love all people. Yeah. Um, I don't care if you're white, red, black, brown, blue, those types of people who, you know, yeah. color doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you have the people who are like, yeah, racism is bad. Um, but maybe they won't necessarily, ex- um, they'll, they'll excuse family and friends. So they'll say, yeah, you know, like, uh, my grandma's racist, but you know, she's old. So I get it. Or they'll have friends who voted for Trump. Like I do have a white friend who is still friends with a friend who voted for Trump. And I was like, I mean, I would, I wouldn't have still been friends with her, but I digress. Yeah. You have, you have people who are actively anti-racist, but they're not calling out people for being racist. And as we've discussed, you know, it's white people's jobs to check other white people on their white nonsense. Yeah. Um, And then, I mean, I, I, I guess in some unicorn, there's a white person. I It might be you, Maria. Oh. <laughs> Who is actively not racist, has friends, exists in spaces that are not just exclusively white and calls people on their shit. 
Yeah, and I'm not, you know, I wouldn't. Call I mean, my- you're not, you're not a saint. You are not Saint Maria, but, but like, there are so few people who are actively not racist and also call people on their shit. Um, yeah, it's. I would say, and I did in high school have like a lot of people that would literally call me like Mother Teresa or Saint Maria, and like just the ways that as a white woman that that like fit the profile right or like fit the bill um of like this like helpful nice white woman um that like there were many other like wonderful people I know who I went to school with who were black that like didn't get that same attention and praise well of Um, course no because everyone's too busy saying that black women have attitudes yeah. And it's like, I'm sorry, black women of all of all things have a right to be annoyed and angry. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, 115%. Um, and yeah, and that's and the frustrating part too is right, it's like not safe um in in this in this society, I would say in this country, but like in many places in the world for black women to actually express anger without it becoming like a danger, right? Yeah. Um, and if you're a black woman listening to this podcast, feel free to yell, scream, shout. It's like, I roll my eyes one time and it's like, well, why are you rolling? And it's like, cause you just said something stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. part of the black experience means hiding your facial expressions and making sure that you are palatable to other people. Yeah. And that's a survival mechanism, right? But that's where white folks like have to allow um, black folks and other people of color to be be human beings, be able to make mistakes, get tired, be angry. Um, and again, there's a lot of like reasons why black folks would be angry, upset, um, tired, annoyed. Um, right. But it's yeah. like, they're not trying to hear it. They are yeah. not It's like, it's like, well, oh, well, you know, this person had this experience and this person did this and they're not doing blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, we're not talking about that. And when that person does go through their experience, you are giving them their, I guess, their opportunity to, you know, grieve or or say whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen countless, countless, countless black folks like extend an extreme amount of empathy and and support and acknowledgement, right, for like white folks going through stuff or like you talked about a little while ago for like other people of color. Um, recently the Asian community has had, um, some violence, some killings of, of young, uh, Asian American women in New York. Um, and there's right, this outcry of support, um, from the black community. Also, again, like not using that as fuel for further anti-blackness, but really staying centered on white supremacy is the root of all evil. Right. It's yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, and that's kind of what I have to, what I usually will kind of, um, what I'll end up saying when you have people saying, well, why should I support this group? Because I've had this experience and your racist, your experience with racism with that group is a hundred percent valid. Um, just in my neighborhood alone, I know I've had a lot of people being like, this happened at this hair place. We need to make sure that we're supporting our own hair places, our own um, nail salons, et cetera. I see it. It's valid. I'm hearing it. But again, like you just said, um, the cause of all of this is white supremacy and white nonsense. So yes, you're not wrong, but what we are really upset with is whiteness and white people. Yeah. Um, 
which is what a lot of times what I'd respond, you know, again, the, the experience of darker skinned women, specifically women, fuck men, but the experience <laughs> of darker skinned women is a hundred percent valid. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Anti-blackness and colorism is 100% a thing. Yeah. But your the root of your issue is not light skinned women acting like light skinned ass bitches. Yeah. Um, the root of your issue is whiteness. The root of yeah. your issue is white supremacy and white nonsense. Um, and so yeah, it sucks that there is this person who benefits from a privilege and they may not be aware of it. They take advantage of it, or they actually subscribe to that nonsense as well. You know, they mm-hmm. think this person is prettier because they have lighter skin. But their issue is that this white supremacy has been bestowed upon all of us into the fact that they believe they believe and subscribe to this message and they have not challenged that. Yeah. You know, and I often think about when I look at it at like black men who are like super into like white women or non-black women or light skinned black women. And they'll say, I think I saw an argument the other day, you know, well, it's a preference. Well, it's a preference. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not. You, you hate yourself. You hate your mother. And you hate blackness. And for whatever reason, you have an obsession with making babies that you'd want to date. They all talk about Chris Brown for that. <laughs> it's like, why do you want your baby to look like someone who you're... Okay, that's gross. Yeah, that, whatever. Yeah, that's... that. Go to therapy and unpack that. Because it's... That's... Um, but yeah, I think there's, and there's a way that like white folks need to make sure we're not like jumping in conversations that are like happening within the black community. Like, you know, if there is a specifically black space or just like using intuition and common sense and um, some like observing skills of like, maybe I'm not supposed to be here right now. Um, right. So it's like, this is a space. This is a space for you. Yeah. But like the Twitter, this Twitter spots, it's yeah. not for you. Yeah. Like pay attention. And at the same time, I think it is important that white folks know about the role of colorism because we play into it, right? right. In, in yes. who we praise. Yeah. yeah. In who we hire and who we amplify, um, you know, if we're even amplifying anybody who's black. Yeah, I remember a, a, a light school woman told me she was like, I, you know, you don't, you think that the white person thinks, you know, likes me better because I'm light skin, and it was like, yes, ma'am, yes, that's, <laughs> that's exactly how colorism works. Unfortunately, yes, yeah. it's between you and a darker skin person, they are likely going to look at you. Yes, that's how that works. Um, yeah, but I was, I actually, it's interesting you mentioned that you know how white people need to just learn how to be quiet because I had just said that the reason why a lot of white people do not like Twitter is because the the fun spaces on Twitter, yeah. basically, it's full of people who will be like, boo, tomato, 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 white person, shut up, stop talking, nobody <laughs> asked for your opinion, tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, and so I, I, it's the white person who I know, if I recall, she said something to some popular black, prominent black figure woman on Twitter and that black woman told her off (laughs) and I'll never forget her being upset and hurt by it. And I do not remember the specifics or the details, but I 
do remember that white person tell that black person telling her off. And I think she has another story that she used to tell me about someone from my high school. She asked her a question about the school. She went to an HBCU and she asked her a question about that. And that black person told her off. And now I'm sitting here and I'm noticing a pattern because she says she doesn't like Twitter. She says, I'm not cool (laughs) enough for Twitter. And I was like, you, you don't really have to be, you don't have to do anything on Twitter. All you have to do is follow people and you can be quiet. I know so many people who just follow and they don't say anything. Yeah. Um, and now it makes sense because it really just validates what I said is that white people don't like Twitter because they get told to shut up in all the cool spaces. <laughs> and that is exactly what happened to her. And yeah, that's definitely why white people don't like Twitter. Um, but you can learn so much from just following a bunch of count- accounts on Twitter yeah. and shutting the fuck up. Yeah. I mean, my experience, I haven't been on as as much lately because there were a lot of white women that I was getting really frustrated with and annoyed by um, within um, my like professional uh, communities or, um, but yeah, there's so much to learn. um, And there's so many people you can follow. There's so much information and there are opportunities to like share, but you have to pay attention and know enough. Like, okay, when am I being asked to like, come in or I'm being, you know, I'm the friend, I'm, they're phoning a friend and they need a white person to come explain something to another white person or like, which oftentimes we, you know, it does happen there. You know, there'll be a question about like white people. Do you guys wash your legs? (laughs) And on that thread, feel free to share because black people need to know. (laughs) Every time I wash my legs and my feet, I feel like I'm doing a service for white folks like it it literally feels like i'm lifting up our community yes one (laughs) One, wash at a time one wash at a time um yeah so any white folks listening just make sure you you know do that as well you do have to wash your legs the soap does not just wash down and wash it for you i don't understand i don't understand this logic yeah i did wash your whole body i can't i just can't imagine saying well you know soap just rinses down yeah i did read something i believe on instagram not remember who said but it was they were talking about how like a white person wasn't it i don't know who well it was about basically how white settlers like came from europe and obviously had all these diseases but part of the reason they were so like diseased or spreading of the diseases that they themselves did like white settlers did not have good hygiene they had dirty legs they had dirty legs they had dirty bodies they had very poor hygiene um and i guess we continue the tradition today (laughs) and i'm not like i'm not the most um like i don't wear a ton of makeup all the time like i i don't do a ton but like the basics, I feel like um, we can't ignore. Um, they be having the yeah. cats on the counter, the dog in the kitchen, and baby ass legs. <laughs> yeah. I said this, but my cats definitely be on the counter, my dog be in the kitchen. But everyone knows that's like a white trait. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's why you're a white woman, right? You're, <laughs> exactly. <I'm> <laughs> Someone's so. listening to this assuming anyone's listening and they're saying you guys don't let your cats on the counter no no they don't yeah 
Yeah, and you don't have to. Um, if you do, just just clean up if you do, I guess. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Um, anything else as we wrap up that you want you want to conclude with? Uh, no, I guess that's all I have to say today. I'm Putin's mama. Yeah, Putin's mama. Um, yeah, you could have done better, but so could he. So um, yeah, just lots of improvement um, for white folks around the world. And um, I'll just say, yeah, let's continue the conversation about um, colorism just to like, I think there's a lot to unpack there, again, for white folks to understand. Um, and especially because I just wanted to say this, I guess, there's ways that light skinned black women get hypersexualized, right, or also objectified. Mm -hmm. um, and so and obviously dark skinned women are kind of the most decentered and um, like violently um, lack of like unsupported. Um, mm -hmm. But just that we as white folks like also have a tendency to um, dehumanize black people of all hues. Um, so yeah. I just wanted to you know, that. it's multi it's levels to this shit. I think yeah. we could just say that again, again and again. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. This is Sounds About White. Follow us on Instagram. Give us some likes. And yeah. uh, we'll see y'all next week.